Hey, hey, Salemites. Hey, hey, dishers. We are back. We are Salem. So, Salem. Shh. God, I'm really bad at this. It's been a long week, folks. Soap dish, Salem style. You know who I am. I am Michael, a.k.a. the Maverick, a.k.a. the slut from the valley. <laughs> Tony, 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 my girl, my the person who keeps this ship going. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm great, Dylan. Hey, hey. Are you staying warm, Texas girl? I am. Let me knock on some wood. <laughs> and we have a very special guest, a person who has been listening to us from the very beginning. She has been so supportive. She retweets every time we post. You know, she's very engaged with us, and we are so happy to have us. You may know her as Days Fan 28, but we know her as Sam. Hi, Sam. Hi, guys. Are you ready? To, are you ready to get into it? I'm ready. So let's get started. <sighs> Salem Spectator Special Report, y'all. It was a slow news week, but we have two very interesting pieces of news we want to share. Well, first off, Ariette, she isn't here with us right now. She might join in later. She's been very busy this week along with the rest of us. But she pointed out to us that we now have information on who Jack A. Harry will be playing. She will be playing Paulette. Paulina Price, a.k.a. Lonnie's aunt. Tamara's sister. I love it. Me too. I'm super excited. It makes it extra messy, too, if they decide to pair Paulina and Abe together. I like the fact that they're making the Prices a core family now. So now... And I like that we're learning more about Lonnie as well. Yes. It makes the character extra interesting. I just feel like now that we have another black core family, we won't be so limited. You know what I mean? We only had the Carters for Carters Carvers for so long that literally, it, yeah. it was just them for the longest time. So now we can finally have two black families in a soap town. You guys, we won. We finally won. The and universe is expanding. It's so nice. That's a big deal because, you know, most soaps, when it comes to black families, they have that Highlander syndrome going on. It's They're one black family in one town. <laughs> the only one. Like the, I think the only deviation to that, and it's kind of a parallel to what Days is doing, is with YNR where they have the Winters and the Barbers, but they're connected. So I guess we're going to get that now with the Carvers and the Prices. I'm, I'm here for it. I'm really excited about it. I'm so excited. And like to just now knowing that Paulina is Tamara's sister and Tamara and Marlena are like best friends, the potential of getting Jackie Harry and Deidre Hall in scenes together. Marlena. <laughs> like it's literally everything. I'm so excited. I hope that we get Jackie Harry to. I hope that Paulina gets to meet Susan Banks. I need that in please. my life. Yes, please, that please, would be please. Amazing. I want I, cleavage. I want reads. I want laughs. This I is mean, I don't big. know how anybody would keep a straight face in this Susan <laughs> Paulina scene, but I'm here. I need that in my life. I need it all. Like, this is a big get for days. That KA budget really did some numbers for us, allegedly. 
baby. Don't sue me, child. <laughs> but um, I'm excited. But also, she's not the only person entering Salem. Sammy, Jean, Brady is back, y'all. Hurricane Sammy makes landfall this week. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm ready. Now, now my thing is, I'm, I'm just hoping they don't have her on the BS like they did her last return, where it was just like Sammy just full on getting on everyone's nerves. No, she's literally going to come in guns blazing, possibly literally. I say towards literally. Char- <laughs> towards Charlie. So I think it's going to be, it's going to be this more. Is this is kind of warranted. I would expect Hurricane Sammy to enter in. But yeah. last time it was kind of like, okay, Sammy, girl, you're doing too much. You're doing too the much. only, the only pushback I really think she's going to get is with Belle. Which makes sense, but because even given one thing. Exactly. And given everything that happened with Jan, that makes sense. But even still, when Sammy is suspected of Charlie's murder, which uh looks like that's gonna be a thing, um, she's gonna try to get Belle to represent her. But what's gonna be really interesting is it also looks like John may think he's guilty of Charlie's murder. And so there's gonna be a lot of interesting family dynamics there too. I'm like really get into that next week, so yeah, no, but just from the spoilers in the promo, it just looks like I'm so excited for Sammy's return because it actually looks like it's not going to be the entire world versus Sammy. It's going to yeah. be kind of that, that's everybody. What I, was thinking. I was just it, glad that everything's out in the open with Sammy because this old trope let's keep everything from Sammy. Sammy returns. One person slips up. Now everyone has to chastise the person who's been keeping the secret when she should have known from the jump anyway. I'm tired of that. So now that everything's out in the open, I think I'm going to be really, really... Sammy's going to be in protective mode. The question is, who is she protecting? Is she going to be protecting John? Is she going to be protecting Allie? Is she going to be protecting Claire? Like, she's going to be in protection mode. It's just a matter of who. Right. I'm so excited. Did you, if you looked at the promo, Belle and Nicole are wearing the same coat. Oh. I I did not. I got to go back and look at that. We'll talk but, about the promo later, but I have some things to say about that promo. Yeah. Um, okay. Here's the thing. We have Brian Detello back. We have I'm Alice so Sweeney sorry. back. Please don't get my hopes up. Ryan, Please. Ryan is <laughs> doing the right thing. My, my hopes are up. I am riding the Lumi train. Like, give me Lumi or give me death at this point. Please. <laughs> Just let her somewhere in the middle of this section just find out that ej died yeah let's just kill him off and be done with it please don't you dare try to bring daniel goddard on here don't just leave no no leave us alone i rebuke that in the name of the devil (laughs) okay well that's the end of our salem special spectator special report um you know how i love good snow news we so we can get into the nitty-gritty weekly recap time y'all y'all ready Let's go. How did y'all feel about this week? Anyways. I enjoyed it. I know it was kind of a low-key week. There wasn't a whole lot of action. There was a lot more talking, and it felt more like a setup week. But I kind of enjoyed it. Well, as y'all know, I've been mad at Days for a minute. So <laughs> right now, <laughs> me and Days is kind of on a relationship where we only see each other on Friday and leave it be. 
because during the week I'm over in Genoa City with my side chick. So, <laughs> so um, while reading y'all messages, I was like, oh my god, this might be a hit or miss week because Ariette was dogging this week. Yeah, she she was not happy with this week at all, and I wish I wish she could be here tonight to kind of explain why because I don't really understand what her issues were with it because I enjoyed a lot of stuff overall so I'll be really interested to see what y'all think it was it was, it was definitely better than very, last week yeah uh, well it was hit or miss very hit or miss uh, some days were like oh that was really good and then some days I was fighting sleep um, Sam what'd you think I enjoyed it for the most part I, uh, of course, anytime Kate's on, she, everyone knows she's my girl, so I'm all for her. She's mine, too. So I understand. <laughs> finally, someone who understands, child. Finally. Listen, finally. Finally, finally, got, finally got scenes with Philip. And that thank God. It only, it only took, like, what, uh, six months? I think they were in one scene together since he's been back. Two, actually. Because there, the, there was the one-on-one scene, and then there was one she had. With Lucas? With Lucas, then they had the scene on New Year's Eve, so this would actually be okay. scene number four. Well, I don't even count the New Year's Eve one because that was what twenty seconds. It was fantastic. <laughs> well, guys, let's just jump on into it. First off, we're gonna start with the little things and then work our way up. Y'all know how I like to do it. I like to, you know, seduce the fans or whatever. So, Xander proposed to Peter Pan. I mean, Sarah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Okay, I'm going to start this off because I know Tony's going to get the dragon. I liked it. It was cute. It was funny. It was like... You liked that? I did. It was kind of cute. I did not like it until the cake came out. Thank you. Yes. I was mad. and I'm not going to lie. I was... I, I, I was, I was pouting about that proposal until the cake came out and the cake right. turned it around for the me. The cake completely turned it around for me because before then, it felt desperate. It felt like he was doing it because everything else in his world had fallen apart, and he was doing it to cling on to something that he knew. It didn't come off romantic. It came off desperate. He was wearing pajamas. She was right. wearing scrubs. Like, I mean. It just, it came off very low-key, and I'm just like, this is just not it. But then, then the cake thing turned it around for me. Well, yeah, but the thing is, like we said before on this podcast, the time jump really damaged this couple. It did. We did not get to see any of their romance the way we wanted to see the romance. So, it was like... I'm trying to get my words right because I'm a fan of this couple, and people may not think that, but I'm a big fan of this couple. I just want. Wait, you are? That's the first I'm hearing of it. (laughs) Well, I told you guys separately that I just feel like we didn't get enough of them. It was a big high, and we got that amazing sex scene, and then after that, it failed. I just want better writing for this couple. You know, I want them to write Sarah better than this comedic actress. Jennifer, yeah. they gave Jennifer and Jack comedic timing and comedic scenes and funny back and forth. But, but there was depth had, there too. They're exactly. missing. They had dynamic scenes. They had dynamic storylines going along with that. Whereas Xander and have, Sarah are missing depth. Exactly. Where you just have Xander and Sarah popping in like 
Aunt Maggie and Uncle Mickey saying funny things in between. <laughs> so, if they- Sam, what do you think? I'm not a huge Sarah Zander fan. I like Zander. Um, I thought, I mean, for, for them, I feel like the proposal was, was I guess, portrayed towards their relationship. Um, I do agree with the cake that did turn the proposal around, but um, I'm not I'm not a huge Sarah Zander fan at all. So I could have could have done without that, to be honest. And it also felt very out of place in mixed with the rest of the episode. Like I get that they kind of wanted to give us something lighter to go to to mix along with the emotion that was everything going on with Laura, but it just felt oh. extremely. It just felt extremely out of place, especially since she's a Horton. Yeah. I think the thing with with uh, Sarah and Xander is they're falling into that trap of, it's like the moonlighting trap where you are really invested in the couple getting together and there's all this tension and heat and good stuff before they get together. And then they get together and it's like, okay, where do we go from here? Because like they kind did of with Jennifer and Eric. So like they did with Jennifer and Eric. Everyone yeah. went for them to get together and then they got together and they didn't do shit but bake donuts. <sighs> I get sad every time I think about that, but <laughs> it, they kind of they need to do something to get us that tension back. I want them to show us a build up to the wedding. A build well, we are going to we are going to see them planning the wedding. That is in spoilers. Do we actually think the wedding is going to happen? I no, I, I don't know. Maybe if they give me some good build up and some good story in between now and the wedding, I'm all for this ship again. You know what I mean? But it's like I got one foot on the train and then one on the platform waiting, like. Is this ship going to blow up? Is it going to be a long train ride that I'm not going to enjoy? So, because at this point there doesn't seem to be anything that can implode them. I don't know. Maybe Xander gets into some dirty dealings because he feels like Sarah deserves the wedding she deserves, but he has no money because he just quit. So, like, <laughs> let's see him get into some money laundering, something, something criminal where Sarah. Oh, see. See, I don't want him to do the money laundering only because he just got off his high horse about Philip laundering money. So I'm, he would be... I'm, no, I'm just using an example. No, no I know, I, but that with the Vitaly mob, something give us something I, with this. Club. I just, I don't know. I mean, because he doesn't even have to be, stay in the corporate world. He could, I don't know. He could be a private investigator or something well, I, t- I remember i said he could be a heavy for john and steve but then again it's, that's not going to work because he shot john's wife right even though they <laughs> but pretend are, that didn't is happen. black patch even still a thing right now because john and steve have both been very busy with other things at the moment so he could technically open up his own investigation firm because Black well, Patch isn't really a thing, thing right now. They need something, someone younger in that company anyway, because let's face it, John and Steve are in their 60s and 70s. When they had Paul, it made sense because they had someone younger in the field. But I know they're super spies, and I still like to see them get into action, fun mode, but come on. The AARP is knocking on their door. They're not busting down nobody like they used to. So, of course, Xander being a heavy would be good for me. I would like it. 
Yeah, but given given the complications with what happened with Marlena, I just John, it's it's going to be on site for John at least, especially while he's still in post aneurysm mode. Like rough him up and be like, "Look, I'm going to hire you, but let me tell you this: if you come anywhere near my wife and my family, it's me and you." Yeah, I want him to pull a Vince Newman. You got that? Yeah, no, he's not. He would never. He would never hire Xander ever. I don't know. Which, but shall we move to the next story? Because it is nothing more to say about that. Yeah, no, it's gonna be interesting to see what happens. But yeah, the proposal left me cold. Well, Gabby walks into Titan and finds out that Xander has quit Titan and Philip may or may not be her new boss, which led to a confrontation with her and Philip, her and Kate, and her and Jake. That's the, the, chem- the chemistry between Philip and Gabby intrigues me. Yes. It's very... It reminds me of old business storylines where, you know, these two people are trying to work out a deal, but there's sexual chemistry there. That's what it reminds me of. Yeah, and it's it's very intriguing to see. Like, it's also very clear that Jake and Gabby are going to be where it's at. The scenes in the square made that abundantly clear. Even though they were talking about a bunch of nothing. Literally, they were talking about a bunch of nothing, but they wanted to mount each other in the square. That's the thing. I was like, they're talking about a bunch of nothing, but it looks like they're just going to hunch right there in front of us. So I was very intrigued, even though all I heard was wah, 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 wah. I mean, she literally did the bend and snap. Drops the phone, <laughs> throws her thing back and picks it back up. Wah, 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 wah. She starts feeling on him. Wah, 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 And that's basically what, <laughs> what I got from those scenes. Y'all, I'm sorry. I tried to find some more. And I'm a Stabby fan, what Jabriella fan. But I think we're just a fan of, of Brandon and Camila's chemistry. Yeah. It doesn't really matter yeah. who he's playing at this point. Yeah, he could have paid play a janitor from Louisiana and I would have been intrigued. So <laughs> So there's that. Um also the way they were talking. We need something else for Gavin. This business storyline isn't just it for me. I feel like we need a not too sore ass, but a sore ass Ariana back in the fall. Yeah, no, but Camila looks so young; it, it it'd be kind of hard. But I would I would definitely age her. Here's the thing: and I like mean, even I the age that they about- ha- even the age that they had her in post jump was kind of perfect. But there's nobody else to play off of in that age demographic. But see, Ariana should be around ten now. I have no problem with them jumping her to 14, 15. But would you look at Camila Bannis and buy that she has a 14-year-old kid? Well, no. Here's the thing. Everybody on that little line of Marlena's and, you know, Marlena's family line get pregnant quick. So, of course, they're going to still look pretty Yeah, young. but I'm aging Ariana at this point with Camila looking as good as she does, we're going to have a Jordan TJ situation like on General Hospital because I don't, and I don't want that. No, that's a, that's an Olivia Dante situation where for I mean, months, yeah, we but at the same time, <laughs> at the same time, you had to realize these folks get pregnant young. I mean, they're like, they were early 20s when 
Yeah, I understand that. But Camila does not look old enough to have a teenage child. That is the bottom line. Because if you notice, they very rarely played Camila with the aged version of Ari. The only people they played her with were Will and Sonny. Because you could buy them having this. Kate isn't even old enough look old enough to be a great grandmother, neither does Marlena, if we're being honest with ourselves. But they are old enough despite the fact that they look good. Well, yeah, but then again, that plays a part in folks in their family get pregnant young and quick it does but it doesn't matter it still would look weird and i bet you that's why they never played gabby and ari in scenes together because it was very rare because here's the thing with ari's messed up history considering all she's been through since her birth i mean nick fallon gabby going in and out of jail oh i 100 percent agree with you that she would be a perfect little hellraiser i just because I, I feel like if Gabby is trying to get Jake back along with trying to tame her hellish daughter, I would be all for this. I would love to see it, how it would play out. Maybe wait another two years. I don't know. Yeah, wait another couple years and maybe, but right now I just don't think it would work. Like, what do you guys think, Dylan, Sam? I, in order for them to play that, though, they actually, I feel like they would need Will and Sunny back. At least one of them. Yeah, at least one of them. Because you can't have have Gabby out here wilding out and then going home and being like trying to crack the whip with her daughter because her kid's going to look at her like... And then we also have Sammy on screen. So imagine Ariana's getting like buck wild with Gabby and Sammy Watson. She was like, look here, little girl. Let me tell you something. You think you hell? You should have seen me back when I was your age, and I will take you down. Something like that. Also, I want to um, talk about that little flashback scene with Jake and Gabby. Do not use that filter error again. Do not. Some, some of the flashback fil- filters they use are severely annoying. And no, as somebody, this one was really bad because it. I know they haven't, but it looked like both Gabby and Jake had Botox. And their face was still settling. It looked made them look bad. Yeah, the distortions they use in the flashback filters are not it. And they don't even need to do that. Like, we know it's something we've seen before. We're not an idiot. Because they never used to put these stupid filters on. What happens to just putting a little hazy thing around the screen and then having like a regular... I don't know. It, I, I hate they did that because it took me out. I was like, what the hell is going on with their faces? But... <laughs> Yeah, that was a choice. Well, I'm looking forward to see where they go with Gabby and Jake and Philip and all that. I feel like that might be a pretty good damn quad. Yeah, and I didn't think I would like Kate and, and Philip involved in this story in like a, a quadrangle aspect. But, but right it, now it looks pretty good. Because look, and Philip, Philip dragging his mother's love life was my favorite thing. What did he call it? A four alarm? A four alarm fire, yep. And then she was like, oh, I know you ain't talking. Look at you, Miss Chloe Lane and Mimi Lockhart. I'm, I'm kind of pissed that she didn't mention Belle. I was going to say, he yeah. was married to her. I think she actually liked Belle, so... <laughs> 
Uh, that's I don't debatable. Think she did. No, no, she, no, she 100% <laughs> did not like Belle. If you go back and. Kate didn't and, like anybody, though. Well, that's like, true. Kate <laughs> doesn't approve of anybody that her children date. But um, she absolutely did not like Belle, and she made that known every chance she could. Oh, yeah. Well, I would like to see where this story goes. But on the other side of Salem, Ava is about to get out of the hospital. She receives a visit from Charlie that isn't a nice visit, y'all. And Rafe and Nicole busted that up. We saw that last week. But this week, we see Nicole trying to convince Rafe to let Ava stay in his bungalow. Because um, it's not a house. It's a bungalow. How did y'all feel about that story? I don't... I mean, I don't mind the idea of Ava staying there. Like, it doesn't bother me. Nicole being the cheerleader and using that godforsaken bear to make him do it. That was don't help me, God. It was dumb. It was please. dumb. It was dumb. Oh, my God. It's like please. flashbacks from the elephant storyline with Where's Serena. Nicole's oh, dog? Mm. Oh, it's terrible. Where's like, Nicole's dog so he can shoot that damn bear up, please? <laughs> Listen, please, just kill it with fire just get it gone I'm okay with it mostly because I feel like they're I feel like they're pivoting from Nicole and Rafe to Ava and Rafe and I'm 100% okay with that because Eric needs to bring his butt home my only issue was (laughs) they're doing all this like Ava stays alone now, it would have been different if Tripp was staying with Stayla. I'm like, that they have Tripp living with her. He, he don't do nothing. Okay, listen, her. but tri- nah, Tripp is, Trip is not some big, strong man who can protect her. Uh, Claire was able to okay, knock his now. ass out. Hold on now. As like, a man, let's... I'm going to stick up for him. As a man, if somebody's coming for your mama, I don't care if you the weakest link. You going up for your mama. I mean, he can try, but... I don't like, care if you grabbing lamps, couches, knives, whatever. You going up for your mother. So, you know what I mean? So, it's kind of like, damn. You just don't care. Okay. <laughs> Let's be real, though. Um, Trip, you can't... Like, he can't. He can't protect anybody. He can barely protect himself. And that's just being... Just being real. And so, her living with Rafe makes sense. I just did not like the way that Nicole kind of did it without even asking him and then convinced him to do it. Like, that whole thing, just keep it. And well, also, what are, what are they going to do with Nicole once they put Ava and Rafe in the same orbit? Here's my thing. I'm hoping because, you know, they gave us a time limit. They said Eric's going to be gone for another three months. Usually in these things, it's for an undetermined amount of time. So I'm hoping... In three months, we have Mark Larson walking in with a black baby. Eric has adopted a (laughs) child, and now we have a family unit going on with them where they have their own child. You know what I mean? So, hopefully, if they, if three months down the road and Eric Brady is not on my screen, I'm going to start a riot like my name is Two Chains. Because, why? At this point, it's just being lazy. Listen, like, I, I they were invested in Eric Brady when he was there. Why would they be invested enough to bring him back? I mean, let's, 
they should absolutely bring him back, but they should have been invested in Eric Brady way more than they were to avoid Greg Vaughn from leaving in the first place. And had they shown any kind of investment in the Eric Brady character, mm-hmm. then maybe we wouldn't be in this situation, but we are because of their lack of investment. So uh, as much as I want Eric to be recasted and I want Eric to come home, I have zero faith that the show would do it because they wasted Eric when they had it. My thing is, I know, Ron, I'm looking at you, Ron Farron Phelps, Carla Body. I know you got Mark Larson number on your phone. If you don't pull out that speed dial list and rehire him, he ain't doing nothing. Oh. I mean, it's like, I, I think they were trying to hold out hope that they could either, you know, no, finesse away for to stay or talk him into coming back. But that man is gone. He belongs to the streets now. There's no coming back from that. They shit the bed with him on that. Right? He's not coming it, back. And I don't blame him. I don't blame I don't either. If you have me sitting there playing a sideline character on my own character's wedding, I'm ready to hit the door. And he getting Oprah checks? Okay. Like. <laughs> Only on own? You think I'm going to stay for a side character role? I'm in the door. But um, I but don't like the fact that they're trying to push Ava and Rafe together. I, I see some potential there. The ex-mob mall the ex-mob princess with the commissioner of the police, even though he shouldn't be commissioner of the police. It's better than Nicole and Ray. Yeah. Where was that going? And like, I I wasn't diametrically opposed to Nicole and Ray. At one point in time, I did want them, like back when she was pregnant with her second baby. Like, they had a really interesting dynamic, and I would have been cool if they went there. But this go around, like, literally years ago, you know what I mean? Right. And then they kind of disappeared from each other's orbit once she became all about Daniel. Don't mention that now. But I mean, it's just the truth. So they kind of disappeared from each other's orbit. Magus Ed, baby, on this podcast, you know. So, like, you know, he kind of disappeared from her orbit for like the, the next 10 years, which was fine. So I thought, okay putting them back in the same orbit now kind of works. The chemistry was kind of there. I was kind of open to it. But now, literally, every time she's on screen, she's with Rafe. And that annoyed me. Yeah. Like, she doesn't have a child, a nephew, and a niece living with her. And you can see I know see we talk it, like, about we don't like to see little household things anymore, but that is classic days soap. Seeing Nicole trying to handle two children, a young mother who has no clue what she's doing while her husband is away. As many women who are army wives and have had their husbands go on deployment or husbands go on a mission for church or something, that is relatable. It is, but here's the here's the problem that we're not thinking about. You would actually need Holly on screen in order to tell that story, and they're not having kids on screen because of COVID. I thought that they were trying to bring the kids back. Yeah, but we don't know when. We don't know when. That's the thing. And and days right now is the. I will go ahead and say it. They are the most COVID safe of the four soaps. They are taking zero chances. So they're not. I mean, they don't have any little kids on set at all. I'm so, glad, though, because I really don't want to see Thomas and Charlotte badasses. 
Well, I mean, true, but I'm just, you know, so in order to tell that story, as amazing as that story would be, you would need Holly on screen in order to tell that story, and they can't do that right now. So I know they was, like, about to piss on themselves when they heard Greg Mom was about to leave, because what can we do now? So I kind of understand why they don't have Nicole on. It's something they could do. They could... But she could be... She could be running the Horton Center in, uh, I mean, I know she's working at, at, at Basic Black, but we barely even see that. But we can see Brady and Chloe working at Basic Black, and she decides that she doesn't really want to do Basic Black. She wants to run the Horton Center in Eric's absence, which would work because of her history. And, and you know, she could be there to help to help kids at the Horton Center. And then but that could be, be away from ourselves. When was the last time we saw the Horton Center? I mean, saw it. It's been a while, but they mentioned it a few months ago. I just feel like they knew that there was going to be this absence where Eric was concerned, and they didn't make a plan for Nicole. Yeah, but and that's unfortunately yeah, don't know what to do with her. That's unfortunately something that Days does. They don't plan well in terms of exits. It was the same thing when Allie and James left in 2014. They left and they had nothing to fill the giant crater of a hole that they left when they left. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll get back to this story, y'all. It, it, let's pray that it gets better because we have Ari Zucker, an Emmy-nominated actress. Do not lose her. Remember when she left the first time and we all realized that Nicole was a day's treasure that we kind of needed? Yeah, but the but the thing that made her a day's treasure, they changed. Yeah. She, had, she hasn't been that version of that character in years. Well, let's be honest. A lot of people like to bitch and moan about how Nicole isn't that, you know, vixen anymore. But this is truly a character growth that I love and adore y'all know i'm a, it goes like this it goes marlena and laura horton are tied for my first spot as favorite character but number two is nicole walker brady she's my fave so to see this huge character development the reason she was the way she was is because she wanted to start a family but every time she got ready to try something terrible happened now she has this family. She has a husband that she loves and adore. She has a kid. She has this big, huge support system that she's always wanted. So, of course, she's going to tone down. She has what she wants. That's my little soapbox for a moment. But I'm hoping that they can find some way to bring Nicole on our screens. Because, again, she is a gem. She's like your whale. You don't miss your water till your well runs dry. So if y'all lose her, y'all really just gonna be in a shitty predicament. But yeah, yeah, it's gonna be interesting, and hopefully, this Charlie murder story will also give her some interesting material. Like, could you imagine if Al, if Sammy and Nicole and Lucas think that Allie is guilty and work together to protect her? I hope that's where they're going with this. Yeah. I would just, I would love, even if it's just a couple of scenes, I would love to see Sammy and Nicole just tag team Charlie's ass. Right. He, he would not know what to do. Well, at let's, all. Let's move on to our next story, y'all, because there's not really much we can say. We just hope for the best on that one. <laughs> um, 
Let's see here. Brady and Chloe continue to grow close, and it is noticed by none other than Susan Banks. And, and John and Marlena. Really? <laughs> we'll talk about that. But Okay. Uh, wait, hold Ooh. on. Go ahead. <laughs> Susan Bates notices and she agrees to switch places with Kristen. This I'm just going to say it. Ooh, is a the story. Go ahead. This story is a C story, but it's being made up by the chemistry between Brady and Chloe. Oh, the chemistry in that hospital scene. Literally, I was dying. When I saw that Valentine, I screamed. I was like, oh, oh, we're getting it. She's a big feelings. Her, her putting the shirt on him, and you could feel the connection. Like, oh, my God. They have never had this much chemistry, ever. I, again, I know I've said it before on here, but I'm in awe of how to... Actors have connected to a chemistry that they didn't even play back then, and the chemistry is different. Like even even Kyle and Nadia's chemistry as Brady and Chloe was complete was almost completely different than this. This is more. I don't even know. It's just it it's very different. grown up and natural and organic. And oh, it works so well. Like literally, we've both been places. That we never bet, thought we would go through when we were married. And now we're at a place where we are comfortable enough to be around each other. We're grown up. We've did it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It it's seems so, like they're preparing themselves to get back together with each other. It's so good. It's right. so good. As for Kristen, you know, caterwauling in the prison. <laughs> um. I love Crazy Kristen, and Kristen tried to convince Susan to switch places using the ice cream sundae. It was amazing. Well, my issue with this is, girl, you've been moaning, griping, and crying, talking about you can't wait to get out of jail to get with Brady and Rachel, whatever that child name is. It's Rachel. Uh, yeah. Okay, I thought I had it right. And now you're doing everything to keep on getting things added to your sentence. It's like you're being dumb. And I get this. Is but this, character. Is, this is the I, Kristen no, I, we I want. I get it. I get it. I really do. But it, it's setting me off. I'm like, girl, if you don't hire Peter Blake to, Peter Blake, Peter Blake to do your appeal and get up out this jail and then start raising hell. Like you have, you're a demerit. You have. The funds you have, the connection but to get. Kristen out. doesn't think logically. Kristen has always been an impulsive character when she's written correctly. This is exactly what Kristen would do. Like it or not, this is Kristen, and this is what we wanted. Yeah, I wanted. I wanted crazy Kristen, and here she is. She is her own worst enemy, mm-hmm. and it's. I, I like this because for just for me, you know, no shade to, you know, Briston Shippers. I know I know that's y'all's couple, but to me, they're not viable for the long term. And At this all. is the reason they that weren't supposed to get viable. this far personally. Personally, <laughs> they weren't supposed to get this far because out of all the things Krishna has done to his parents and his family, why? That was supposed to be one of those things where you know you get your rocks off and then you go on about your business. I didn't expect the him to problem, go through this. It, the problem is he he wants her to be 
who he thinks that she can be. And he refuses to acknowledge who she actually is. Because this is who she is. This, this is Kristen. Kristen is going to do Kristen things at some point. This was always going to happen. Exactly. Uh, and then and, I hear for this, Marlena was like, I think she's a changed woman. Yes, damn <laughs> I, I saw that scene. Y'all know I love Marlena. But I was like, Marlena, please say this shit for somebody else because I'm not buying it. I, she's trying. She wants to believe that because Brady believes it. And I think that's where it's coming from. She is trying because she loves Brady. And because of that, I can't side-eye her for that. I, I really want something to go wrong. And then it's an epic Marlena Kristen confrontation. She's like, I knew. Like, I just want her to take out the Vaseline and the Tim's. Just sit on the um, counter of the penthouse. Be like, you know what? I knew something like this was going to happen. And I had the right tools for it. And Kristen's like, what do you mean, Marlena? She gets into that cabinet, pulls out her Vaseline, and, and says, I see, ho, I told you don't fuck with my son. But he was stupid but, enough to do it. But, but going going back to what actually um, aired, I do want to say that John and Marlena and the food poisoning on Valentine's Day was literally the cutest thing it really in the was. entire world. Yeah. I love how so, they stick to history that Marlena can't cook because she ain't never been able to cook. No. Right. Well, first I thought it was it was Claire's chicken wild rice casserole that did it, but then finding out that she didn't check the expiration date on eggs, and also the way that John says frittata is possibly the cutest thing in the entire world. <laughs> and I love how when when uh, John was like, "Well, my Marla decided to cook," and Brady was like, "Oh God, what happened?" <laughs> my other favorite thing too is like when when Chloe brought Brady home. And they were they were in the chair. And like, yeah, you saw Susan giving them the side eye. But also, too, if you looked at John and Marlena, you could tell that they are on totally on Team Broy. Yeah. They know their son. They they know their son. It's the way Marlena was walking out. She was like, now y'all be good now. Yeah. <laughs> it was just and that they both left to go pick up Rachel was like the cutest thing. It, I think well, Rachel is the reason why Marlena is trying to give Kristen the benefit of the doubt. Exactly. She, real, she remembers that really Kristen's whole psychotic turn really came with her miscarriage. When she miscarried the baby in Paris. Yeah. And she remembers who Kristen was before that. Right. So I think she's, she's she, I think she feels like Kristen finally has that family that she was always kind of scratching and fighting for and she's hoping that having that will anchor her to some semblance of sanity <laughs> um but Kristen's gonna Kristen so yeah that <laughs> okay. Sam what do you think are you a Broey fan Sam I love Broey and I love Blowy. So you're basically so I, I can't pick who I love more because I've loved both couples for years. So you're basically but I do how agree we that Eric and Nadia's chemistry is off the charts. So you're so how with we, that said, I would be more towards Broey right now because I am digging Philip and Gabby if they're gonna go in that direction. So, so you're basically feeling how we were feeling at the beginning of this storyline. Yeah. Um, we both wanted either or. But eventually down the road, me and Tony just fell for Broly. Mm, yeah, no, hardcore. Like, the writing for Philip 
didn't help in my shift of things. Like it feel like Phil- Philip was in the same headspace he was 10, 15 years ago. And that's I, that's what made me kind of like, you know what? Chloe deserves better at this point. And right now that person is Brady and I'm here for it. And the drama it can cause, like I am so excited to see where this goes. And there is a spoiler picture for Monday where it looks like there's going to be even more chemistry showing off between them. And I'm just like, yay. And the fact that Brady is staying in the townhouse with John and Marlena just makes me so happy. Well, guys, when we get further development on this story, you will hear our opinions here first. So, we have one more small storyline. And it wasn't even a storyline. It was kind of like the end of an era. We see... Vivian and Yvonne have their final goodbye before they're carted off to jail. And I must say... Those scenes got me in my uh, feels. Oh, I didn't expect it. I didn't expect it to either because it wasn't it wasn't Louis, Louise, it was Linda. And I'm like, how? How is this making me cry right now? I don't understand. Linda Dano. Give her her Emmys, give her her Oscars, because she's probably she was absolutely amazing actresses of all time. For me to feel that way as a recast, oh my god! When she held the heart and she wanted to hold it up to her chest because she, but she couldn't because of the handcuffs. I wept when Yvonne kissed her hands before he left. I was like, and did you see the way that Vivian was looking? She was like. That man might possibly have been the love of my life. <laughs> and you know what? We didn't get this vibe between them during, like, when, during the kidnapping stuff. Like, right. that was very servant-mistress kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really romantic very much. Well, kind of on his part, but not really on hers. But now at the prospect of them Never not being able to see each other, each other because for God knows how long, like, it put everything into perspective and oh just the feels for everywhere it's like linda dano like her facial expressions were so tortured seeing yvonne going out that door it gave me the feeling of again that man might have possibly been the love of my life and it's too late now bring them back damn it I i don't care how they do it Please bring them back, and I I will say I loved the Vivian Kristen scene in the jail too. Yeah, that was yeah that was funny. that was unexpected. It was funny, very funny. And knowing that she's going to be the one to help facilitate the Kristen Susan swap next week, I'm really excited. I, you know what, I'm going to say it, and I know I'm probably going to catch hell for it, but Louise Sorrell has notably told us she is a NY girl. She's not moving here full time to do a full time contract role with Days. Get Linda Dano on the line. Linda Dano's a New York girl too. She's just yeah, she's, she's just willing to, to relocate. So you know, she's just will you know, she was willing to travel to LA to work, but Linda Dano's based out of New York too. Well she's actually more willing to do it, you know what I mean? No, I get what you're saying, but and I just want to make sure you, you have that correct. Plus her interactions and her posts I mean, on Instagram and things. She's hungry to work. She loves this genre. She loves acting. Let her do it, damn it. I mean, Louise will always be Vivian to everyone. But Linda did a lot better than Robin. Oh, hell yeah. As much as I love Dorian from One Life, 
she she was not Vivian for me. Linda yeah, Bell no, Dor- caught the role. A hundred percent. Mm-hmm. And she had it from moment one. Oh yeah. I'm gonna miss her because these little two weeks with her has been so. It's adorable. gonna be good. So, so I wonder if the if the um facilitating the Christian Susan swap is gonna be the last time that we see her. I'm she said, I'm she said two more. weeks, right? I want her on my screen. I feel like I'm she sorry. filmed for two weeks, but it might it might air for longer than that. But I feel like she was actually in studio for two weeks filming all of her episodes. Now sometimes they do air they do film two to three episodes in a given day. So it could be longer than two weeks because she's only aired like five or six times at this point. Yeah. Right. Well, that being said, Linda Dano, we love you. If you want to come back, you are welcome with open arms. Um, she isn't the only character we're about to say goodbye to. We're only we're about to say goodbye to Jennifer Rose, Horton Daryl. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, I'm so sad about this. I so this let me so get to much. the segue, y'all, because we are now onto the big media greatest stories. Lord, today they had the funeral for Laura Horton, y'all. <laughs> Jesus wept, bled, suffered, and shed. Lord, have mercy. There was a little bit of comedy mixed in there, too, but we'll get to that in a second. I don't think I'm going to get it, y'all. I'm uh, Okay. So we see the Horton celebrating Laura's wonderful life. Lord, have mercy. And we see Jennifer getting ready. She talks to JJ and says she's going to Boston to be with Mike and settle Laura's estate. We see Chad and Abigail mourning. It was a lot going on. And at the end of it, we see Abigail and Gwen have a showdown at Laura's grave. And Sean was over it. He's like, (laughs) which eventually leads to Abigail, which eventually leads to Abigail and Gabby teaming up to take Gwen down. I'm gonna say it, Lord. They took my Laura Horton away from me. She wasn't even sick, Lord. Lord, why they do it? Why? Well, you'll find out tomorrow from Jamie Lynn Bauer on Dishing Days. And I hope she drinks. I hope she reads. Unless she decided she wanted this. If she You're expecting not, her to be angry and upset about this decision, and I really don't think she is. I really hope she is, because I'm pissed. They got that yeah, banshee of a daughter. I think, I think you want to be pissed, and you, you want this to have not been her decision, so you have a right to stay mad at Ron. I don't think you're going to like it very much if she decided that she didn't want to play this role anymore, and they decided and I, to do now, this. I'll take back everything I said about Ron Farron Phelps Calavani. If it turns out this was her decision, I'll take it back. But as of right now, he kissed the blackest part of my ass. <laughs> but I do want to say, uh, Ron does get points from me. Uh, for this week, for the shading of the pancake death on all my children. Those pancakes look good. I would wish somebody would have ate them. <laughs> but literally, the first, the look of disgust. I wasn't sure if this was intentional. And then she said the I had a bad experience right. line, and I was on the floor. And what killed me was once she said that, it seemed like nobody wanted to help. <laughs> <laughs> Doug was like, I'm good. Everybody was like, I'm good. I will say, Katie did some amazing work on her last episode. She broke my heart. They killed Laura Horton. 
they killed her. I, I'm just not over this, y'all. They got that banshee of a daughter, Melanie Jonas, walking around. She alive. <laughs> Alien spy. We don't mention her name. She's like the candy man. We don't, we don't summon her. Listen. Still alive. Like, we don't summon her. <sighs> Like we 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 have to actually discuss the story and the things that aired. You may be stuck in a grief place, but we do actually have to discuss the things that aired. We cannot just cry about Laura for twenty minutes. Okay, y'all. Okay, let me get back to it. Um, that scene where Abigail was on the floor crying. Yes, I loved that scene. Okay. First of all, go ahead, Dylan. I'm, I'm just. I am. It was so good. And it also frustrated me so much because where has this Chad been? Where's this Listen, dude? Oh, been? Let's talk about the poll, <laughs> Of course, like, you know we do a weekly poll, and we asked you guys, should Chadley get back together? And out of 114 votes, the final results were 71 percent they belong together, and 29 percent of us decided that it was time to divorce him. <laughs> I ended up voting for keeping them together because I do like this road to reunion for them. And honestly, there isn't anybody else currently on canvas for either one of them. So at this point, it's clear as day they're going to reunite them. I just want them to do the work to reunite them. And I do like the fact that he's supporting her, but he's letting her control how much He's there for her. He's not trying to force it. He's not trying to be overbearing about it. He's letting her dictate everything. And the moment when she collapsed, have, having to possibly bury her grandmother, like when she collapsed on the ground and he was just there holding her, it gave me such flashbacks to 2018 when they were walking through the night of what happened with Andre. Like that scene literally flashed into my mind and I was like, oh, that got me right in my feels. Well, guys, here we go. I know y'all been waiting for the debate. Sammy, hold on to your press-ons, because this is about to get <laughs> real. I said divorcing. I don't care. I'm sorry. Divorce is ass. I'm sick, and I'm tired. I'm sick, and I'm tired. I'm going to be real with y'all for a minute, moment. Not only do I work with people with mental illness, I suffer from mental illness. I have been diagnosed with clinical depression. It goes off and on. And as a person who deals with this, if I was with someone who brings up everything that goes on while I'm in those states, I would not be able to deal with that anymore. Because it seems to me like you're not supporting my movement going forward. You're trying to hold me back on the things that happened back then. And it is just sickening to me to see him continue to bring up Andre, Stefan. Hell, you still bring up EJ, and this is before her mental health issues. My thing is, if you're going to say, I'm going to let it go, I'm not going to bring that up anymore, let it go and don't bring it up. Because every time you get mad and bring it up, it's a slap in the face of someone who has a mental illness. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's how I, I feel about it. It's only so many mulligans I can give one person. Now, if they go to counseling and try to work it out, that's cool. But at the same time, 
come on, something's got to give. You've been doing this off and on for five years now, Chad. That's how I feel about it. Because EJ was was before all of her mental health, and you're still bringing that up. Why? You just show me that you're a person who likes to hold grudges and then bring it up at any opportune opportunity. And that's not how a marriage should work. That's just how I feel about it. I feel like, which is why I said when we were talking that he needs to work his, as much as they need to work on their marriage, he needs to work his issues out because there's obviously some resentment that is still there. There's obviously some anger that is still there because the way that he was speaking about her, Gwen, is a problem. It's a huge problem. And we cannot pretend that he didn't say those things. We cannot pretend that those things didn't happen. They have to address that. And if they don't, they they can't just get back together. That that's not how this is going to work. No, they can't. With all of this, this man still has some resentment. He still has some trust issues. He still has some anger. And until he works through all of that, they are continually going to be in a cycle. Where the minute she does something that looks a little shaky, here we go again. Uh, My question is, and and I I agree with you there, and I'm with you. Like, if they're going to just reunite them for the sake of reuniting them and not even deal with any of the stuff that's happened in the last few months, hard pass, keep it, walk away, don't look back. But if you're actually going to rebuild them and try to make them stronger and better... I could be here for that. I'm going to be really interested to see how he's going to react to what she's going to pull with Gabby, with Gwen. My issue is, he said this time and time before, it'll be different if this was the first time this happened. But this is like the third or fourth time he's thrown her mental illness in her face. And in my field, if you were to tell something like that to us, we would tell you right away, either you go to counseling, and if things do not change, it's time for you to hit the door, because that's not a person who respects you. A person who loves you will respect your mental illness enough not to throw it in your face. That's just how I feel about it. I hope for the best. I hope we actually do get some scenes of them going to counseling and him working through this, but it's like, at this point, Chad, I've heard it all before. Either get with the program and do what you say as a man and just be like forget it I'm not going to bring it up anymore or let Abigail go and live her life with someone who can respect her enough to not do things like that to her because Abigail is a beautiful woman she does not have to stay with her I'm sick of this trope that everybody gets this one love of their life when that's clearly not the case but it's not even about that though if I, like I said, I would be 100% on board with her walking away. Where would they put her? There is nobody on canvas they could put her with right now. Well, nobody jumps into a relationship right after a divorce. On soaps? Yeah, they do. Marlena was, what, two, three years down the line of her divorce when she realized she wanted to Well, that's because of the guilt because of the circumstances of the divorce. Abby is not a guilty party. Abby has the freedom to roam free and do whatever she wants to. I mean, they Where would easily, she go? I mean, they could easily write, after everything with Chad, I just want to focus on my mental health and my kids. Boom. It's, it's going to be interesting, though, to see, because 
uh, how are they going to factor in Marcy's maternity leave? I pray to God she's not pregnant on the show. Because no, at this point, she's too I like she's literally due next month. She's too far away. No, I they know were gonna that, write it. I'm saying, like, if they not write it into in, the show. Gonna, don't write it. They're not going to. If they were going to, it would have happened already. Maybe the fallout from the revenge with her and or her and Gabby against Gwen yeah, will have something to do with that, and then they'll write Marcy off for her maternity. Because, uh, yeah, I don't imagine kidnapping Gwen is going to go well. No. <laughs> well, back to the matter at hand. Him picking her up from the ground was great. It was sweet. I loved it. But I was thinking, who's going to pick me up? <laughs> <laughs> I was that funeral was probably one of the greatest nine funerals I've seen in a long time. It I thought that funeral was gonna piss you off. Honestly. I expected it, you to be mad about it. I really wasn't. It was very tastefully done. It gave me it was a full fledged 2010 Alice's funeral, but it gave me those warm family vibes, seeing Jennifer and Abigail's grief. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I will say Marlena was kind of a glaring omission. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, now that was that was mad about. Like she didn't even mention Laura at all when she saw Ben. She this, that was yeah that was that was Tuesday, I think. Yeah, or or Monday, the day that the townhouse was very busy. Like Claire and Ben were at the house, and it was like Laura had just got died like a couple days ago and she didn't even mention it not once I I feel like this is just it doesn't feel natural again this feels like a huge plot point to hit Abigail and Gwen against each other when it was already there in the first place oh it was 100% already there I will say I like that switching to the Abby Gabby thing for one second I did not think I was going to like that I expected to hate it but I really did enjoy their scenes on Friday, and I thought that Abby using Gabby's motivations against Abigail, like when she got revenge against Abby, it's basically the exact same motivation she used to get her to agree to, to uh, get revenge on Gwen. Yeah. And I really thought it was smart. It worked for me because it, I was worried that we were going to get like this, these shades of, oh, we're rebuilding this friendship. And I was like, yeah, no, we don't need no. I I would like kind of like kind of like a Kate Sammy relationship where you know they couldn't stand each other. I know they're friends now, but you knew they couldn't stand each other, but they knew that if we're on the same front, we know who to look for to team up with. You know what I mean? Or even Sammy and Nicole. I think Sammy and Nicole fits that better than Sammy and Kate. Like, yeah, like the the enemy of my enemy is my friend for right now. That, that, <laughs> I'm okay with that. I would also like to talk about that scene with Jack where he was so regretful about. Yes. Oh, I'm so proud of my favorite. He's he's went lower on my shit list. He I'm not as mad as I was with him two weeks ago, but I'm still pretty pissy pissy with him. But, Listen, he he owned that he was wrong. For going as hard as he did. And Jennifer owned that she was wrong for leaving them alone. Ron, I'll give you this, Mr. Farron Phelps. 
You're trying to you you're giving it to him but insulting him at the same time. If you're gonna give him something, try using his actual name. Whatever his name is. Um <laughs> I, I'll give you credit where credit is due. You address those two little issues I had with that storyline. And you made that work. I'm I can't say anything else. Still pissed. Hey. But and it's it's so funny because I like I was on here defending Jack. And even on Twitter, defending Jack, saying that he had nothing to do with Laura's death. Like, I didn't blame him at all. But I I like the fact that he blamed himself and that he felt guilty and that he owned it. Because that, to me, shows growth for Jack. Because Jack of old would not have done that. And and I'll give you that because I I slandered Jack Devereaux for never owning up to anything. He owned up to that argument. He did. And he didn't put And He did not push Jennifer away out of guilt, which is something else that old Jack would have done. And I'm so grateful to Ron that he has never done that with Jack and all of the things that he's done, like even when he was facing everything he did with him, you know, when he had amnesia, with this stuff with Laura, he's never done, he's never gone down the, I feel so guilty, I'm going to push Jennifer away road. Which every other writer at one point or another has always done. And Ron has not done that. And I am a very grateful fan for that. Um, I, I'm just glad. I'm, something that I was really pissed about has been addressed. And you know, that usually doesn't happen for me. So I, for right now, I'm wishing Jack Devereaux the best. I'm going to miss my Dixie Devereaux McLean. I'm going to... Your Dixie Rose, Jennifer? Yes, I miss her so much. Oh my God. I'm going to miss her because y'all know if we get Missy Reeves back again, I'm not. And I wanted this to be a temporary exit. And I thought, like, maybe like the radio silence from Katie and from the show or just in general. And then Ron put that tweet out. I was like, oh God. Okay, it's real. Because I felt like Katie, I've said it multiple times to y'all. Katie has made me fall in love with Jennifer Rose and so her leaving is like the first time Jennifer left I was like eh okay now I'm just really sad about it because it's like we find I finally have a Jennifer I can love again and now she's gone I'm sad but part of me is also intrigued too because this is the first time Jack has been left on his own yeah it's always been him leaving her so, so I'm going to be really curious to see how this works. I'm hoping it's one of those things where she had a six-month contract and now they're in trying to negotiate something of getting her on full-time. They're just going to have her off-screen for a while. I'm hoping it's one of those situations. Yeah, I'm hoping that she comes back or, you know... I would like I'll be I'll be honest I'll be good either way if Missy comes back if Katie comes back I just want Jennifer and Jack together on my screen I'm I'll be happy either way we get it I just want it but the thing is everyone has warmed up to Katie at this point so it's like I know some people wouldn't care if Missy Reeves came back I would just because it's not even about her political viewpoints and all that. Her portrayal of Jennifer is very bland to me. <laughs> Just very stick up her buttish. Whereas Katie gave us a older 20-something Jennifer Rose Horton, how she used to be back in the 90s. 
back when Missy Reeves was getting that thing thrown on her, allegedly. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see where they go, what they do. Sam, what did you think of Katie overall? Did you enjoy her? Oh, I did. I loved her a lot. I thought she did a great job. I've never really been a hardcore Jennifer fan, um, but Katie, Katie kind of turned me on to Jennifer with her portrayal of the character. Exactly. So, so okay, I would be happy if she comes back. Now, see, I don't want you catching heat for this. If you catch heat for your answer, I want all of them directed uh, <laughs> directed towards me. Who would you rather come back? Katie. And that's that. <laughs> she didn't even have to think, y'all. Though is because like the writing for Jennifer has not done her a lot of favors in recent years. Well, and, I have a theory on that. And so it's like when you when they it, so it's like when Katie stepped into the role, you kind of got to start over with this character because she had a completely different take on her. And so you were getting Jennifer, but you weren't getting the Jennifer that had been so sanctimonious and we weren't we weren't getting the Jennifer from the Daniel Jonas years. You okay. know? I have a theory on this. We weren't getting that Jennifer. So it was it was nice to fall back in love with her for me. Because it, it was a reminder of why Jen used to be one of my favorite characters. I love her so much. So yeah, and Katie definitely gave us a good a good reminder of who Jennifer yes. used to be. And hopefully Missy can keep that same energy. Maybe being a new grandma will have reinvigorated her. And if she comes back, we can get that same energy again. Well, here's the thing. I have a theory on this. And this is all alleged. We ain't trying to get no lawsuits. I feel like the writing for Missy Reeves was due to all the drama of her walking out on her contract, the lawsuit, all of that. So they're just, they were just giving her a lot of things to keep her comfortable. Because it's like if you piss her but off. It, but here's here's another thing. Since since we're gonna go there, we're gonna we're just gonna throw out theories. Is it to keep her comfortable or to keep Scott comfortable? Oh, Tony. Yeah, that's a good Say one. allegedly. Mm -hmm. Look, I mean, this is all. This is all. This is all one big blanket, allegedly. Okay. But listen, there were rumors out there that Scott was the one that forced her to leave in the first place. I so, I mean, could he have been dictating? Man, y'all, let's just keep it real. If she's trying to keep her marriage happy, is she trying to make Jennifer in? You, you know what I'm trying to say? Like she's trying to. You, keep so basically, you feel like if she has one steamy storyline or something that goes against their views or politics, she's out the mm -hmm. door. Possible, or she's going to catch hell from her husband, so she's just trying to keep everybody happy. I was thinking the same thing. I just didn't want to say it. Huh? Listen, <laughs> I, you know, I'm just putting it out there. You can do with it what you will. So, let's do one little last little snippet before we move on to our next storyline. Do y'all, are y'all enjoying the Gabby Abigail thing? Do y'all think they're going to bring going to her knees? I'm here for it. I'm here for it. I think I think they're going to bring her down to her knees, but it's going to backfire for them as well. So all three of them are going to catch hell. I did not see the kidnapping thing coming. That 
when I saw that spoiler, I went, huh? Right? They're going to kidnap her and beat her down. That's what they're going to do. They're, they're going to, but here, and here's, here's what's going to be make or break for Chabby for me. Is Chad going to stand by her? He better. Yeah, if, Chad, if, if Chad doesn't stand by her for this, then it's fuck them forever for me. This will be make or break for me for Chabby for right now. Well, one last thing before we move on, I would like to say this. That scene with Abigail and Gwen at the cemetery, did you see Marcy look down at the tombstone before she got up and got ready to attack? It's like she looked at the tombstone and Laura was talking to her. She was like, now, grandbaby, remember what I taught you? Did somebody try you? Yeah, grandma. Be that boy. They did, and they did that fight very tastefully because I was worried about it, knowing that Marcy was pregnant. I was like, "Oh God!" Because in the promo, it looked like they really went at it. I was but scared they, that was gonna roll over my baby's grave. Now that would piss me off. But they didn't even like really do that. They did a fade to black, and then they came back, and they were kind of they were kind of fighting, and then Sean came and broke it up. And Sean was literally my favorite part of all of that, because Sean was also certain factions of sub Twitter. Like, he dragged them both in, and he's like, look, it has not even been a month, and y'all have been in here trying to press charges on each other, like, five times. I'm over it. I'm done. You are going to sit here and dead this issue, or you're going to walk away. It is your choice. Well, that's that. I'm looking forward to that story next week, actually. Well... It's time to talk about the most complicated story of this week. Let me start the timer. I'm excited to get to this story because I have things I want to say. Oh, wait. Before we do, a uh, question. What do you think that scene with Gwen at Laura's grave with the apology was about? Plot driven. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I'm... I'm I don't understand. Like, I don't it really was no know what need happened for that at all. That was just plot. I, do you guys think that we'll get a flashback scene of Gwen and Laura in her hotel room? I hope so. Yeah, know what yeah I think we will. They, they left it ambiguous for for a reason. That's what I'm like. Give Jamie Lynn Bauer her of, and then to Gwen with all her changing stories. I think eventually we're going to get that scene so we can actually see what happened. Oh, there's do we also think one that Gwen other... really did it? Or do we think that Laura actually No, she has blood on her hands. Gwen did it, but Gwen feels bad that she did it. I think Laura is the first person that Gwen has actually physically hurt and can't come back. Like, it's different when you kill somebody for the first time. And I feel like that's what that guilt was about. Like, I don't think as mad as she was, I don't think she expected Laura to die. Yeah. And I think that's where that but yeah, was. She Bef- definitely killed her. And she's Bef- a liar, too, because her story has changed through time. Right. And before we transition to the last story, I do want to bring up well, the Jake and Gwen more. scene. We have two more. Oh, we have two more? Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I might be connecting things or forgetting about something. But um, I want to talk about the Jake and Gwen scene. I really enjoyed that scene. However, I'm kind of annoyed that they didn't bring something up. Which I wanted I wanted Jake to ask her if the only reason that he got that she got with him was because he looked like Stefan. Hmm. And that she chose to go to Salem to lure him to Salem to get her 
in the doorway to get to Abigail. Because we know that she has an entire history on the entire Devereaux family. That would include everything that went down with Andre's murder and with Stefan. Right. Well, my thing is, that would be good to see if Jake actually still cared about her. You know what I mean? But we know, but we know he feels guilt because he he said it with Abby a couple weeks ago. He said he felt bad for bringing Gwen to their doorstep in the first place. So I actually thought that they were going to touch on that because it, that's something that I've always wanted to know because she took she took something from Jake and ran, and Jake followed her to Salem. That's how he showed up here. I don't think that was an accident. Well, we shall see. Probably not, because I don't think anything she's done has been. Exactly. Well, we we shall see. I feel like more of the story is going to develop next week in the coming months. Well, I know I've tried to segue before. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are on to the most complicated story of all time this week. Sierra makes contact with Ben and, you know, that shitty service. They couldn't hear each other. But at the last moment, he hears that it is Sierra. When he heard her voice, I screamed. Which sends him on a goose chase all around Salem trying to get information on how to find Sierra. Meanwhile, Rhodes makes contact with Orpheus, who informs us all that Vincent killed himself, allegedly. I ain't buying that worth a damn. And he is now the head of this operation. Meanwhile, Rose, I guess they must be in the same vicinity of Salem, but we'll get to that. Rose makes it back to the place he's holding Sierra and is killed by no other than Evan Maddox. Evan Freer says Christian Maddox. Whatever the hell his name is. While Sean Douglas and Ben frantically search all over looking for Sierra. How did y'all feel about this story, ladies? Can I jump in? Go ahead. I am loving this turn specifically that Evan and Orpheus have taken over because it finally gives some more point of view to Sierra because now at this point, it's not about Ben anymore. Evan's motivations are strictly about what Sierra did to him. This is a, it's Sierra's choices that are keeping her in this predicament. And I love that now. Well, I'm going to say this. It was good. It was interesting. But it felt so rushed. So, 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 so rushed. And I know, Tony, you are a big heckler. We don't have time. We don't have time. But I feel like this could have been stretched out and more dramatic if it led into next month. You know what I mean? It is going to lead into next month. But I think her rescue, like it's going into next month. There's already spoilers going into March that Evan has some some cryptic plan for Ben that he's telling Sierra about. So it's not magically going to wrap up in like a week. It's going into March. Well, I see what you're saying, but my thing is, this could have been a nice, slow burn, but action-packed story, if that makes sense. But I also, like too, so weren't was- you also complaining that, like, it's taken too long to get to this point? And no, so that was we're already here- 
Okay, well, the, the, like, it's move. I'm happy that it's moving, honestly. Like, because let's be real. It's been five months since this all kicked off. And I like that we're moving, but we're not moving too quickly. The the roads thing was gonna was gonna get old, so I was glad that they kind of pivoted there. And the way that they did the reveal, like I knew when it aired, like when it aired Thursday, and when they replayed it Friday, I knew that it wasn't Sean and Ben there to save her in that moment. But I almost thought it was the way that they shot it. Yeah, that was good. Good good editing. But my thing is it seems like so much was revealed in one week where I feel like this could have been spread out probably about a two three week span where it would have been one twist after another and it would have been really good for me. I would have been like, ooh, oh something else was going on? But when you have it going on back to back to back in one week, it just got really, I don't want to say convoluted, but it was so much going on thrown at me at one time. I just wish, because I'm really enjoying the story. Surprisingly, I'm enjoying it. I just wish it was at a better pace than what it was going at. And I can understand that. The the, the pacing doesn't bother me. Um, But I I really did, like, enjoy everything. And I I love Sean and Ben working together. Like, my two favorites working together to find my other favorite. Like, I'm all about that. But, like, I'm really surprised that I'm enjoying this story. It was just so much going on at one time that it was taken away from it. And I'm like, my God, you have me invested in a sin storyline, but you're throwing too much at one time at me. Slow it down. Make it... And my favorite thing, too, is, like, I love that Ben is so sure that Sierra is reaching out to him. Like, he knows it in his enti- with his entire being that his wife needs him, and he's going to do everything he can to find her. And it is just making me so very happy. I had to take another 10 points off of the psychic connection thing, though, Tony. No, no. You know what? I'm, I'm going to defend the psychic connection thing, because I've seen some complaints that this isn't organic and this isn't in Sin's history. And I'm sorry, I'm going to Call it out. No, okay, hold on. Before you go into that, because I know that needs to be addressed. For me, it's not even that. It's like with John and Marlena, it wasn't really addressed that they had a psychic connection with each other or an emotional connection with each other. It was just one of those things that everyone knew. It, it was more so addressed with Bo and Hope than with John and Marlena. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But it, I wanted it to be a little bit more organic. More as in, they're having these connections, but it's not being said. It's like, we have this psychic connection. Just say, I have a feeling, or something is telling me. Don't say, it's like we have this psychic connection, because it's going to be, it comes off as cheesy to me. Whereas, you, if you don't say it, and it's happening, I'm feeling it. You know what I mean? Okay, I, can, I don't agree, but I can understand that. It, it, but I'm just very shocked. This story is an 80% for me when I really thought I wasn't going to like it in the beginning, but it's actually pretty decent. I can't really complain on it's little small things I can complain on. One big thing was that shitty Romeo and Juliet fantasy, but we're just going to ignore that. I'm into it. Dylan, Sam, y'all have been quiet. How do y'all feel? I'm just... Sin is not something that I get very deeply invested in because I 
I, I love Sierra and I really don't have any use for Ben. So I just kind of, they're, they kind of exist for you. Yeah. They're just kind of there. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I feel the same. I feel the same way about them, but their story is so prevalent right now. I don't mind getting invested. Yeah, I'm not minding it. Like, it's not, you know, I'm not hating it. It's not terrible. It's just not something that I'm, like, deeply invested in. Or I, I want Sierra home because I, I love Sierra. So I want her found and I want her home. But, like, as far as, like, their psychic love soulmate, what I don't care. I just... Okay, and that's fair. That's completely and totally fair. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with Dylan. I'm not invested in Finn at all. Um, Neither am I. They're not. They're, they're not. They're not a couple. I, I would say I root for. They don't bug me. Um, but it's just I'm, I'm definitely not invested in their storyline. I'm ready for her to come home. Um, to me, they when they redeemed Ben. I'm sorry. In my eyes, he can't be redeemed. So I, I guess I can't really get past the whole necktie killer storyline. So uh, that's kind of where I'm at with Sin. Well, my, my thing is, it's known that I'm not a big fan of Sin. I never was. I'm just very shocked at how invested and interested. I'm not going to even say invested. I'm into the story. Whereas I thought at the beginning, I'm going to be ragging on this until it ends. Whereas now it's like, I only see little things that take me out of it. Tony, any last words on this? I think I will save my rant for uh, what I was going to say before. I will save that for my uh, watching it wrong segment. So I'm actually good. I'm very interested in this segment because I have been away all week. <laughs> so last story of the week quotes. Are y'all ready? Mm-hmm. Lucas Horton is back in town, and the first place he stops is to apologize to Trip, where he learns. Well, he basically tells Trip, and he also tells Allie that Charlie is free, and the charges were dropped against him for Allie's rape. I will say this: I hate that the apologies have to happen. The fact that Allie was wrong and they went down the misdirection road annoys the crap out of me. That aside, I enjoy the fact that characters who should apologize for something they did are actually apologizing. I just want to point out, now that this story is back on our screen, when it wasn't last week, this is the best story going on on days. It Sadly. really is. Because... You see how when it wasn't on last week, we were basically like ragging on it, and now it's like the days was pretty decent. It had its boring days, don't get me wrong, but it was pretty freaking decent. And you know what it is? And I'm noticing it because I've been clipping a lot of alley scenes um, recently, and I'm getting to the... I'm working on the first part of 2021 as we speak, and so much of her story took up like in the first month of like the first month of the year basically so much of her story took up so much of the episodes like practically entire episodes you know usually so it 
and it basically envelops the entire cast. It took up so much time in the first few weeks of January that I think we were so happy because of this story. Whether we loved it or hated it. It has us invested. Yes. Um, Allie Horton has the potential to become either the greatest heroine or the greatest vixen of Day's history. Yeah, absolutely. She could literally, I mean, she could literally be Sammy 2.0. And I would be okay with that. Especially with that fire actress. Or she could be Sammy. With that fire actress, they can do anything. I would watch. Oof. Ooh, she's so fine. Oof. And she's, got, and she's got the talent to boot. She's not just she's not just the pretty, pretty face. face. Exactly. Oh. She might become but, the next Laura Horton for me. And the way like they played it, like when when Lucas told her that the charges against Charlie for her rape had been dropped, that head snap that she did, and how upset that she got, like the way that played, I was like, oh my God. Also. Deidre Hall, while she may not be on the forefront of this story, she is acting like she is, and I love it. She's an anchor point to this story. When they both found out, she was like, what? Mm. Oh my god, I know. And like, I love Allie, Allie and Marlena's relationship. I love that Marlena is there for her. Um, the one thing I really do kind of wish that they would bring up, especially with Sammy coming in, I do want a scene of all three of them, Marlena, Sammy, and Allie, discussing the fact that they are sexual assault survivors. They're probably not going to do that. They're probably not going to do it, but I want them to. such a glaring omission, though. Yes, and I'll tell you why they're not going to do it. They do that, they're going to put on the forefront the terrible history that Days has with rape. Three generations of the same family's women have been raped. Um, that's and three generations of the same family's men. Well, not- that also goes for Jennifer, Laura, and Abby. Exactly. Okay, they're not gonna, yeah. They're not going to put that on the forefront. It's going to be terrible. It's going to be good TV, but it's going to leave a bad taste in people's mouths because people are going to talk on Twitter. And once it like comes to a head, it's going to be bad on days. So, so I, I would love that. I don't think I'm going to get that scene. Um, and I don't think it would annoy me so much, except they pick and choose whose rape they acknowledge in this story. Yeah. Like, I don't like the fact that Kayla's rape gets acknowledged, but Marlene's doesn't. Yeah. Does that, does that make sense? Yes, it makes yeah. plenty of sense. But, my issue. I feel like it's gonna be a very glaring omission for them if if Allie and Sammy don't have a discussion about EJ. Does Allie know about EJ? And the, I don't think so, but I don't think they're gonna bring it up because they haven't brought it up so far. They, I, I feel like that's gonna be. Like like, I don't know. I don't know if you guys watch General Hospital or not, but that's like such common knowledge in Salem, that that's giving me, like, Lucky and Lulu finding out about Luke and Laura's history. Right, but here's the thing, though. You would need EJ and Johnny both on canvas in order to play that beat to its fullest potential, and neither one of them are there. Well, I I feel like if they do bring it up without EJ or Johnny, it would have to be Lucas who brings it up. 
It would have to be something like. And well, Sammy's not going to bring it up because I think that's a conversation, though. That's what I'm saying. I think that's a conversation that Sammy and Allie can have because well, even Allie is going to have questions about how can you, having gone through this herself now, it, you know, how is she going to feel about someone capable of. Like, could you imagine if maybe Allie, like, went online to, like, find out what happened with Sammy and Alan and stumbled on an article about Sammy and EJ? Or, right. or something like this. Sammy and Allie kind of have a fight or a little issue and Allie storms off. Whereas Lucas and Sammy, they have a heated argument and Lucas goes something like, you should know exactly how she's feeling considering Alan and you should definitely know considering EJ raping you broke up our marriage. And Allie hears that. And yeah. it leads to a discussion about what happened. Because it's, yeah. it's even with EJ off the canvas, it's an elephant in the room because so many people know what happened. And it it will lead to a discussion with Ali and Sammy. How could you marry the person who raped you and ruined the relationship between you and my father? You know where I think this conversation could actually end up happening, and I'm not sure we're going to enjoy the context in which it comes up. But if Allie is thinking about pursuing a relationship with Trip, oh God! But no, no. But she, but she questions it because of the rape accusation. If she and Sammy are talking, it could actually come up that way. No. Yeah, it's just like I just I feel like it's 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 such a it it's just like it's just there. And it's like, as the audience, we know that it's there. So it's 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 going to be weird to me if they don't in some way, shape, or form deal with that. Well, let's change the subject real fast. Lucas going after Charlie in the square oh. was a highlight for this story. It really was. I loved it. I was like, yes. And like, they're setting up the death of Charlie perfectly. Yeah, he finna die. He he good and gone, y'all. He, he <laughs> dead. He finna be laying there right next to Laura, child. Oh! Slow singing and flower bringing. Well, no, he's not gonna be laying next to Laura. He's gonna be roasting in hell. Yeah. 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 But what I, I do have a question, though. Do you think Charlie's death is going to bring out who Charlie's father is. I possibly. I've always said that it ties back to the mob that Jake was working for. Because hmm. the, the fact that he grew up in Philly and that's where Jake came from and that's where the mob guys were from. And that's why Charlie can't say Ariba Durchi correctly. Like, it, I just... I, I feel like that's a connection there. I don't know that they're going to go there, though. I hope so. Just bring the mob to Salem. Damn. It's so easy. It's so simple. Bring the mob. It would be careful what you... Don't y'all pull no Alexis Davis on there, though. I don't want to hear her catawalling, anybody catawalling about no mobs, no mobs, no mobs. They have guns. They have guns. They have guns. 
Meanwhile, she slept with every monster in Port Charles, but that's another show. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> anyway. no, I'm, I, I just feel like when it comes to, I, as someone who's been watching soaps for a while, I remember when The Sopranos got popular and every soap opera decided they needed to do a mob story. Yep. Well, and it the, uh, the, I'm, we're going to call a thing a thing. The only soap that succeeded at it was General Hospital. Yeah. And we've got a film where people are really sick of the mob. Of it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I'll, I'll say Days, Days succeeded with it in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, like, that's I what I'm going to say. We used to have the mob. and then The coronation was a mob shooting. Like, that was a great storyline. That was a great storyline, and that was a mob shooting because they were going after, um, oh, what was his name? Marino, Angela's father. I, I, feel like, I feel like since the mob has a history with Salem, it wouldn't be a stretch for the mob to come back to Salem. So I wouldn't mind it. Sam, how do you feel about this story overall? You've been quiet. I feel like we scared you. Oh no, you're fine. I'm. I am here for. I guess the fallout. I mean, we all know Charlie's gonna die. My take on it. I have a theory that it's someone that is not in town that is responsible for his death. Don't y'all bring EJ back? Oh, see, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying EJ. I'm. I'm throwing this out there. Maybe they have a Johnny recast and they just don't know about it. And they bring him back and Johnny shoots and kills Charlie for revenge for Allie. Oh I'm throwing that out there. Bloody fucking brilliant. Bring it. Bring it to me. So that's that's where I'm Theo Carver. So okay, or Theo. I would I could I could see that too. But let's say he's he's where? He's in Europe. Is that where he's at? Italy, whatever. So yeah. So let's say he hears about Allie's rape. He does a little bit of research. He finds an article about EJ and Sammy and goes from there. And now he has to question, you know, how he came about. And now he's questioning, you know, how he doesn't know about it and Sammy and EJ and just the whole, the whole thing involves so many people. So Ooh, I, I like I that. feel like it's someone that is not in town, not on canvas, is not in the promo. So I feel like it could be, I'm going with Johnny. And I'm going with Gwen only because Charlie and Gwen's scenes lately on Friday they were great. On Friday they were great, and even last month they were great too. But they're so random, and they make no sense unless they're going to lead somewhere. And obviously they're not going to lead to them, you know, being a villain tag team and destroying Salem, which is what I originally thought in their first set of scenes last month. With him dying in like two days in Salem time. Um, I feel like they're making them have these scenes because they're going to end up making Gwen the killer. Yeah. yeah. So she's going to end up killing two people within she has blood what, a week, on her a week hands in Salem time? She has blood on her hands already. There's not much of a stretch. Especially if Gwen if Gwen finds out that the person he's talking about is Claire. because this Claire, point, yeah. At this point, he doesn't know that. Or she doesn't know that. So let's say... Claire runs into Gwen after everything happens with Charlie and they have a random catch up and she puts the pieces together that could send her on the path. 
to getting she was revenge. Absolutely disgusted with him. Completely. She was really just appalled by him, which was interesting to see because you would think, you know, it's. It's, it, it, I wonder if she has a history of sexual assault somewhere. That's possible. Because she's in the foster care system. For, for her to have that visceral of a reaction, I wonder if she's got some kind of abuse somewhere in her past. But when does she get kidnapped? Because if she gets kidnapped, that leaves her... She, she gets kidnapped the week of March 1st. So Charlie has okay. already been found by okay. Charlie's going to be found on Friday. Okay. Next Friday. Well, we'll see how the story develops. I would like it to be Theo Carver or Cameron Day or Laura Horton. Somebody. <laughs> you and Cameron Day. <laughs> Listen, Laura Horton is dead. Deal with it. Oh! Tony! You do not speak ill <laughs> that on this <laughs> Oh my God, my heart. Oh. Okay. Okay, okay. We're going to go to the good, the bad, and the ugly y'all. Y'all, to kill my Lord Horton. I always be better about this, y'all. I, I don't care. Good, bad, and ugly. I'm going to start it off. The good was Wednesday's episode. The breaking downs, the talking about feelings and everyone mourning the death of Laura Horton. When Julie Williams spoke, it's like she took my brain and put it on her head and this dog. Listen, there were so many characters that channeled Soap Twitter this week. Julie was one of them. Julie is a national treasure. And I know we give her a lot of hell for being racist a little bit, but hey, she spoke it all. I just wish she would have kept going when Jennifer was like, we were talking about Jack's daughter. I wanted Jill to reach up and yell, fuck that bitch. She killed my aunt. <laughs> but um, what else? The whole, when Kate was giving her condolences to Abigail. I, oh, yeah, no. I, I rolled my eyes hard at that. Like, bitch, go, go sit down somewhere. Like, I, that was just out of left field because, like, she was literally getting into a fight with Laura, like, hours before she died. And now you're going to fake sympathy. Well, here's yeah, even, even here's, as a Kate fan, I didn't really care for that scene. That well, kind of scene got a place. Let me tell you why. If you ever had a beef with somebody and it's a logical beef and there's reasons why both parties should be pissy with each other, there's still some respect there because you know what I did was wrong and what she did was wrong. We're going to always have beef, but we have respect for each other because we both were wrong parties in that situation. That's how yes, I but does Kate thing. really feel remorse, though? I guess would be my thing. Yeah, I don't think she does because she doesn't. She doesn't even like Abby that much. So, it, but my thing even, is, it would have been different if, it, let's say, Vivian had died. She wouldn't have gave a damn. Let's be honest, and we all know she would have. But let's say it's Laura. Yeah, they had their beef because Kate slept with Laura's husband, and that led to her divorce and mental breakdown. But deep down. Kate knows she was wrong for that situation, and she knows that Laura was wrong for being on her high horse and blaming Kate for everything and not going after Bill. It was one of those situations where everybody in that party was wrong, and yeah, they all have beef, but it was a respect level there. They respected 
what was going on with each other. They respected each other as people. No, they would never be friends. I know they would never be kumbaya with each other because that's just beef. But it wasn't so much as I hate that person. I hate that she's alive, this, that, and the third. On um, my bad scene, it was kind of hard for me to pick a bad scene. But that Belle and Claire scene was bad because it, and it was due to bad acting. It was due to why the hell was this here? <laughs> they didn't even need this scene. It seemed like they were just trying to get Martha Madison an episode. But I, I will say that Claire did not have to recap everything with Ben in that scene with Belle. It exactly. could have started just, with the Charlie stuff. It, it was just. I will say, I mean, I, I was laughing because she sounded insane. Because she did. She sounded legit, exactly. legit insane. And I think that kind of goes back to what Michael was saying about we don't need for you to tell us you have a psychic connection. Because once you start telling it like that, you sound crazy. <laughs> you, you, it was just bad. Claire sounded crazy as hell. Honestly. I think truly. it was just bad placement of an episode. Because had she talked about this Charlie situation with Belle next week when we know he's going to die, it would have made sense. But, but it, it, they needed the scene to happen Friday to dovetail into what happens Monday. Because yeah. Monday is when she lures him into the trap. It just seemed like it was placed badly. It wasn't a bad scene per se. It, it wasn't was, even so much that it was placed badly. It was just the Ben stuff that came before it wasn't necessary. Exactly. They could have spent the entire the entire time talking about Charlie, and it would have been fine. It gave me, you know, when Alice and Caroline used to meet for coffee or donuts, and they'll be talking about everything that's going on in Salem. It gave me that vibe when it didn't need to be that vibe. You know what I mean? And as for my ugly, they killed my Laura Horton. They killed my Laura Horton. They killed her. They got but technically that happened last week. So how can that be your ugly for this week? Because I'm not getting over it, Tony. I don't care. <laughs> I'm bitter and I'm mad. I'm mad as hell. They killed my Lord. They killed Bill. Meanwhile, Cassie Brady and the damn swamp baby that Billy had were both still alive. Not the swamp baby. <laughs> Tony, you're good, bad, and ugly. All right. So my good uh, were all things Jarlena this week. Uh, they were they make food poisoning adorable. Yeah. And I literally need to have the way that John said frittata on a loop just to make me happy. I also uh, so, love how they move Jarlena into this Alice and Tom role without it's making them so Alice good. and Tom. It's just very cute. They're stable. They still have storylines. They, they've made so one of this good. generation's Alice and Tom, and I love that for them. Because, you and know, it, Alice and Tom, they was having storylines good until they dying day. Yeah, and I love the fact that they low-key ship Broly. Like, it's my favorite thing. <laughs> like, they were so cute. And, uh, but my bad, I'm sorry, my bad was the Xander Sarah proposal. It left me cold. It, I mean, the, the cake thing was cute. But everything leading up to it, like, even when she jumped on the bed, like, just, oh, it was just all too much. I just, it left me cold. And That's, okay. I can see how you felt that way. I liked it, but I can see how you felt that way, mainly because that's how I felt about the Stella wedding last week. So I completely agree with you. I, I mean, I liked it, but I can see why you felt cold because it wasn't romantic at all until that cake came out. And then for ugly, 
I gotta go with the Kate condolence scene. It just, it didn't ring true for me. It was just not needed. Dilla, good, bad, ugly. Okay, um... I think my good for me, because it just made me really happy, was the Chloe Brady stuff. It just, I, I, I shipped them so hard, and I've been wanting this reunion so much. So I'm just like, and they're so good together. They're just so good together. And it just, it made me happy, and I loved those scenes. Um, my bad for me was definitely that. I, and I love Kate, but I side-eyed those condolences because, like, I, she did I, I don't think she wanted more dead. I just don't think that she cares one way or the other. And maybe it would come off less disingenuous if she wasn't just dragging her the day of her death. Right, exactly, exactly. So it's like, I, I don't think that she wanted her dead. I just don't think that it... And, and that's how it came off to me. It was like, it's no love lost, but I didn't want the bitch dead. You know what I mean? She can get but, it just, but it literally comes off fake when she was in her face like yeah, the day that I, she I died. I completely understand where you're coming from, but I can say this. If I'm beefing with somebody and I cussed you out the day before and I found out you died <laughs> later that day, I'm gonna be, have some condolences because I didn't want you dead. I may have fucking hated you, but I didn't want you to die. You know what I mean? I'm that type of person, so I kind of felt where she was coming from, but I could see where y'all are saying it comes off as ingenuous when you were just cussing her out the day, like the day of her death. And for me, the ugly, I'm just gonna like the very first part of that Claire and Belle scene where where Claire's basically like it, it was almost like a recap for the audience if you hadn't been watching yeah that's exactly yeah. what it was and it wasn't necessary especially since Sean and Ben were also doing it exactly in the same episode like it really wasn't needed it came off as Martha Madison hasn't been on in a while we have her on contract let's put her in this episode but she could have been used later just for the Charlie stuff even exactly. if she just appeared for two minutes it, it she would have gotten her episode fee. So the, the Ben recap stuff was not needed. It wasn't. And it, I think it, it's one of those things where like Claire, when she said all of that out loud and she was like, I know this sounds crazy. I'm like, yeah, Claire, it does. She should have led with the phone call. Like how did she not lead with the phone call? The he Ben got a fortune cookie. I'm looking. I'm like, girl, this is not this. This is not where we start. We don't. St we don't care about the fortune cookie. She called him. That's <laughs> where you start. Why are we starting with the fortune cookie when he got a phone call? And, and it would have been different if it had, if it were coming from Ben. Like if Ben was the one saying it, it would it would have been different. But coming yeah, from Claire, it, it just felt weird. It, it yeah, just felt like a weird thing. thing. It was weird. They should have like literally all they had to do, like lift the the Ben stuff out of it completely. Bell gets a phone call, gets notified that Charlie's charges were dropped, and then tells Claire that's all they needed. Sam, good, bad, ugly. All right. So the good for me this week was definitely the Vivian and Ivan scene yes. at the yes. police station. That that was probably my absolute favorite. Um, just 
I guess the history and the paper hearts and just them knowing that this is probably going to be the last time they were going to see each other. Just it. I love that scene. Um, my bad. Sorry, Tony. Um, was Sierra's reaction to Rhodes getting shot. <laughs> oh, see, I understood that reaction. She was like horrified. But she didn't look horrified to me. I'm sorry. See, if someone if someone got shot in front of me, I would be screaming, crying. I think she was too shocked to move, honestly. Have you, See, had, I, have I you ever had something happen where, like, you literally can't move or can't even breathe for, like, five seconds? Yeah. But she didn't even get bad off. It was more like a, what the hell? <laughs> that, that's kind of the vibe I got. And I I don't know. Just to me, it, it didn't come across me as too good. Um, the ugly, I guess I would go with uh, the Rafe and Nicole on Monday. Yeah. Oh, Nicole yes. trying to yeah. convince Rafe <laughs> to let Ava stay. I, I just that, don't. I don't get it. That stupid fucking bear. <laughs> that if bear. If I wasn't grieving, that would have been my ugly too. <laughs> the key up, my lower horn. <laughs> I swear that that needs to be the drinking game for this week. Yeah. Oh, I've used her twice in the past. <laughs> no, they killed my Laura Horton. That entire sentence is the drinking game. That and anytime you mention Ron. Oh, Ron Farron Phelps Calabani. Yep. <laughs> they killed my Laura Horton. I can't get over it, y'all. I ain't been this hurt since they killed Maureen Bauer. Mm, 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 mm. And Alan Quartermain. Oh, we don't yeah. talk about Alan Quartermain. We don't. We don't. Lord have mercy. 2007 okay, was a brutal year. Yeah. It's just been brutal, period. But, hey. <laughs> um, now it's time for you're watching it wrong with Tony. Tony. All right. So I've got a couple of sin-related Twitter takes that I just want to address. Uh, I saw something, and this inspired a thread that I did saying that... Uh, Ben and Sierra's psychic connection is an organic and kind of came out of left field. That's actually not the truth. It's kind of been a part of their story as far back as 2019. They just never really played up on it. Oh, can they I speak had... on this real fast? Go ahead. When I say it's not organic, I mean what I was telling y'all before. You don't have to say y'all have. No, no, I get that. Connection. This is something completely different. Okay. Like, people are complaining that this is even happening, that this shouldn't even be something that they have, but it's something that they've had as part of their story for different parts of their entire story. If you take it back to 2019, they each had dreams of each other when she was kidnapped by Jordan. He was the only one to know that something was wrong when when she was kidnapped by Jordan. They, like I said, they both had dreams of each other. And that those dreams gave her the strength to hold on, and those dreams helped him figure out where she was. And then you take it to the execution. He was dreaming of her the entire time as he was dying. And then even during the brainwashing stuff, like, he was dreaming of her, and that gave him the strength to fight the brainwashing and to fight the urge to kill her. So it's always been a part of their connection. It just hasn't been played as heavily as it has as it is now. That's the first thing. And then there are certain fans that are pissed that Sean and other characters don't believe Ben when he says what he says about Sierra being alive and knowing it and feeling it. Like they just want 
everybody to accept that what Ben is saying is the truth and just believe him and help him. But that's not, that's not how this works. It's okay that nobody else other than Ben believe him or believe that she's out there because it only matters to me that, she, that he does. And I don't think vilifying Sean for going with the evidence he thinks is real is a smart move. And he's still offering to help, even though he's not fully on board. So I'm not really sure why people are pissed in the first place. Well, there's that. I guess it's my turn. Where we have this lovely portion of the podcast where I sit down and read somebody for fucking filth. Welcome to the Mavericks Reading Rainbow. I don't really have a read for this week, so I'm just going to say this. They killed my Laura Horton. They killed my Laura Horton. They killed her. They killed her dad for no apparent reason, y'all. They killed her. Oh, I ain't been this hurt since Alice died, y'all. What next? What next? Are they going to give Marlena a stroke? Is don't Nicole even put that in the motherfucking universe. Is Nicole going to fall down? You better watch your mouth. Is Nicole going to fall down some stairs and actually kill herself this time? What is, what's next? I ain't got much more to give no more, y'all. They killed my Laura Horton, and that is my read for the week. Do you guys have any watching it wrong stuff? Anything you want to bring up that you saw on the Twitterverse or online this week? I know Dylan don't, because Dylan be like, look, you tried it, but I'm going to deny it. <laughs> no, well, I actually, there was one thing that kind of um, struck me as odd. Like, there were people, there are people who are really upset about Charlie dying, not necessarily because they, you know. Oh, yes, I wanted to bring that up, too. Go ahead. Not necessarily because, you know, oh, we love Charlie, but because people responded really positively to Mike Manning. And in the beginning, before they confirmed that, yeah, it was like we all figured it was Charlie when he showed up because that was just too random. So it's like everybody kind of figured in the beginning, oh, yeah, this is going to end up being the dude. And so we didn't want to get attached to him. But then we did. And people are bummed that he's leaving. And there was like, yeah, there's this weird argument that because he was the rapist and always meant to be the rapist, we shouldn't be upset about it. I'm right. sorry, but there's a faction of the audience that didn't believe he was the rapist. As speaking as one of them, I did not believe he was the rapist until the words came out of his mouth. And I think that it is a disservice to Mike Manning who did an amazing job, it's short-sighted because they could have made him a crazy villain and they could have kept him. And see, my whole thing is, as if you look at this genre, let's, let's call a thing a thing. You can't say, oh, he was brought in to be the villain. He was intended to be the short-term character. This was always going to be the plan. So you can't say, oh, he's been wasted. We can because there have been there have been iconic characters that were brought in to be the villain that Luke. were intended to be short term and have because of the way the audience reacted to them gotten, gotten their redemption arc or whatever were written in a way to become viable Luke Spencer, Sonny Corinthos Todd Manning you know, <laughs> these things happen soaps have a history of 
recognizing when the audience has connected to an actor or a character and coming up with a way to make that bot, that actor and that character stick around. So I don't think it's, I, I don't think like telling people, oh, you know, you shouldn't be upset or you don't have any reason to be feeling like this person was wasted is, I feel like that's ahistorical to the genre because we've seen it happen before. And, and let's, and I just want to clarify something because I, I just want to make sure you're not saying that you wish that he would have been redeemed as the rapist. I think right, no, most, no, 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 no. I think like most I of us, a few weeks ago, they could have kept him on as a major villain. Exactly. There, I feel like there was a point where they could have pivoted away from him being the rapist into him just being crazy. Exactly. And I feel like it, it goes back to today's sometimes not recognizing what they have when they have it. Example, Stabby. You know, they they, they realize that too late. Right. Well, the thing is, though, they didn't realize the magic of Stabby when they were filming it because the audience reaction by the time Brandon had already, by the time Brandon he was long airing, gone before we asked right. him about it. By the time Brandon had started airing, Brandon had already finished filming. So it was, you know, producers notice chemistry and can write to it. They did it with Sin. Sin, the 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 buildup for Sin was supposed to be a lot longer than it was, but because of the chemistry and the fact that it took off like wildfire, they pivoted and they paired them when they paired them. They could have very easily pivoted with. Stefan. And even when they brought Brandon Barash back, they could have made Jake Stefan. Right. And the thing is, that's not really an excuse now since we're so close to air date and taping now. Right. I said this before. I said this before. Now everyone's agreeing. They could have kept this man on as a villain. I just want, you know, I don't like to toot my own horn, but hop the horn on the ass, Greg. (laughs) I told y'all. And, and we agreed with you. The only thing was they made him the rapist. And because exactly. they made him the rapist, he had to die. That's always been my argument. And that will continue to be my argument. They never should have made him the rapist. And they just should have made him crazy. Yeah. 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 So it's like, I, I just, I kind of feel like people need to maybe be not be Yeah. I had the same argument when they was talking about, well, who cares about Laura Horton? I do. They killed my Laura Horton. They killed her dead. She died because of a damn nightstand, y'all. And then, too, I, I feel like it, it, you know, it needs to be pointed out that one of the conversations that people have been having is that, you know, new characters that have been invented have not been... Well, ending, you know what I mean? They, they have not worked out as well as they could have. They haven't worked out as well as they could have. And this is a character that the majority of the audience seems to really embrace. So exactly. It's, it's, and the ones that, the, and the ones I've noticed that were complaining are the ones who aren't attached to Mike. Yeah. Well, like, I mean, it could have been trip, but they should have had the balls to make a trip, and they didn't. really. That's I'm I'm gonna die on that hill. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be right there with you. And, and the thing is, it would have made logical sense to write it being tripped since considering once everyone thought it was tripped, everyone dogged him out. Exactly. Which, again, because of everybody's reaction to Trip is going to make the reaction to Charlie that much worse, which is why Charlie is now dying. It's another case of the writer screwing it. (laughs) It is no way around it. He needs to die, but I wish he wouldn't. It wouldn't work this way. It all it all it all boils down to he never should have been the rapist because had he not been the rapist he could have been crazy and viable and still been on the show, but there is no way in twenty twenty one he can be the rapist and still survive. I, I wish it could have been like Charlie knew about it but covered it up. It would have made him just as guilty, but he would have been viable as a villain long term because again we don't have any long term villains in Salem anymore. Sam, anything you would like to add? Anything you saw on Twitter that you feel like needs to be addressed? No, I mute most of the tags just because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like Ariet. I I don't have time for it. So I mean, I'm very I'm pretty quiet on Twitter. I just post my clips and, and go and, and just go. Um, but no, I there was one a couple weeks ago that people were complaining about um, just how the storylines are being dragged out. But again, if you've been watching the show for years, go back to like the 90s and the yes. early 2000s, you had storylines. I mean, look at the Salem Stalker storyline because I'm watching 2003 right now. That that storyline went on for almost two years. It did. It started in, It started technically in August of 03 with the basic black fashion show and didn't get fully resolved until like until 2005. 2005. Right. When, every, when everybody came home. and like Or, or even when Sydney got kidnapped. That was... An even longer one, in my opinion. Yeah. And also one other thing I want to bring up that I saw. um, People who are complaining about John's aneurysm and it not be like it being forgotten about. No, it hasn't been forgotten about. It has been mentioned every time he's been on screen. Yeah. And people think that it's been forgotten about or that it hasn't. It's been left hanging. It hasn't wrapped up for a reason. He is going to be suspected of Charlie's murder because of his aneurysm. They haven't resolved that story or anything having to do with Jan for a reason, because it's all going to circle back and come back around. Well, that's that. Let's talk about promos and spoilers before we go. That extended promo was so good. They need to stick to this formula of not extending the actual promo. Yes, adding random scenes at the very end of it because I was very invested in the extended promo this time. How did y'all feel? I loved it and I loved seeing Sean as a potential suspect for Charlie's murder kind of surprised me but also makes complete sense. Like he wasn't true and it Belle and Nicole have on the same coat, and I feel like that's going to be relevant. Mm, it could. You feel like it's gonna it's gonna be like when with Andre's murder all over again. Don't y'all put Nicole in jail? <laughs> I because I I mean like they don't they don't give people the same wardrobe around a major event for no reason. That's true. 
Also, too, I was very happy not to see Ben anywhere in that promo. The one thing that Ben is not going to be accused of. <laughs> well, that's that. We actually wrapped this up in around two hours. I'm proud of us, y'all. Yay! We did not veer too far off the track this time. We did good, finally. Um, any last remarks from any of you guys? Did you have fun, Sam? I did. I had so much fun. Well, that's that, you guys. I guess we tune in next week. Do not forget our Salem Sweethearts Weeks contest. Yes, this is your last. We have till the 28th to get stuff in. Come on. Send them in. The email is soapdishsalem at outlook.com. Send them in. We haven't been seeing that many now. Come on. You want those? What are the prizes again, Tony? Describe the prizes. The prizes are you get a music video to your favorite couple for a song that you're, of your choosing. And it will be made specifically by me with any scenes that you request. So, like, if your favorite couple is Chad and Abigail and you have a specific version of Chad and Abigail that you want to want used, whether it be, whether it be Billy and Marcy or Chad or Billy and Kate or Kate and... Um, who is original Chad? Whose name Casey. is Casey? Casey. Who, whoever you want it to be, you just let me know. I can make it happen. But we have to have those submissions so we can pick winners. Come on now, y'all. Well, we reached the end of the week, you guys. We did it. <laughs> we will see you guys same time next week. Well, not the same time because, you know, it's editing the thing. and be a bitch on wheels. But same day next week. Bye. Bye, everybody. Bye, guys. Thank you.